What's up, y'all? It's Books the Bills podcast, a podcast for the young professional. As always, it's your girl Erica Helling, all the way from ATL. ATL Georgia, what do we do for you? Yay! <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's your favorite staff member, Shaq, coming to you from the beautiful state of Florida. And this is Perfect Patty, hailing all the way from Tyler, Texas. I'm just happy to be here amongst, you know, God's people. Amen. Bless the Lord. Yes. Bless the Lord, saints. How's everybody doing on today? It is week 316,000 of quarantine. How's everybody <laughs> How's everybody doing? We're doing all right. You know, doing all right. Barely making it. Barely Ooh. making it. Um, to, I mean, you know, I'm in the swing of things at work. No excuses there. But, you know, at the same time, I, I've reached that point where... I'm ready to party and parlay and not like not continuously. I'm just saying I'm ready to have the freedom. Real. real. Amen. I would agree. Shaq. Um, I was going to ask you about your situation ship. You got going on with this hair. You've decided to, I mean, what is there a goal <laughs> here? Just want to put me on, on the spotlight today. You oh, decided sorry. to, the people want to know what's, what's happening with the past. Well, as Erica mentioned, we are in, in week umpteenth thousand of <laughs> quarantine and so i haven't had a haircut in 50 limb days umpteen hours you know probably i would say about a week before we went on quarantine was my last cut and so i decided that i'm not uh i mean obviously i ain't going back now so this is what i told myself because initially i said oh you know what i ain't gonna go to i'm not gonna be in the first group of people to go back to the barber shop because then they go you know go, you're gonna have a coronavirus but then after i thought about it i was like actually that's where i should have been because at least very many people wouldn't have been there had I like caught them on the first or second day. And so now, because I would be catching the second, third, fourth wave of people, I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. So I decided the other day when I was sitting, um, I was actually practicing mindfulness um, the other day in my house. And then I don't know how in the world I started just thinking about body image and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to cut my hair. So I said, I'm not going to cut it for the rest of the year. We'll see how they go. Wow. We're going to see. All right, looking like Father Abraham over there. Had many sons, baby. Oh, we'll get to it. Do you have a Bay update? Damn, you just skipped to the end of the episode. I said many sons. I didn't say Bays. <sighs> you tried it. I'll be waiting. Like you need to be giving Jasmine turn by turn in uh, updates because she she's running out. <laughs> she is. I need some excitement. I need the juicy details. All up in my grill, trying to get me to a hotel. <laughs> oh, never mind. He canceled. Well, on to the petty question. This is this is from a personal experience. Um, and so I just ask y'all to bear with me as I go back into this space um, to turn this situation into a question. Um, it's simple. Trigger warning, trigger warning, trigger warning. <laughs> right. Beep, beep, beep. Right. And so you're at your work. It's a busy week for you because a big, big data goal is due on Friday. You was off on Monday. On Friday. Right. It was, it's, it's due. You were off on Monday. So all you got is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. And technically, you get off of work at 12 on Friday because your CEO letting y'all get off work at noon for the next five weeks. So, you know, you got Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday till noon to get to finish this big day to go that we've all been working towards all week. Your manager 
is supposed to fill in some stuff for you, you know, complete some tasks that are later, after they were due, are later delegated back to you. That makes sense? Are later delegated back to you. You see this in y'all's, you know, whatever y'all's reporting is, and you're confused. She's like, I thought that was supposed to be done. But now by you by yeah. a certain date. But now it's back to me. How do you respond? This is a, what is it called? A free uh free handwriting? Shaquille. Open response. Open response. Free response. Free response. Um, you know, I I think it kind of depends on the nature of what we're talking about. Because I could see me being in a situation where I'm like, okay, just a matter of like, let me do it and then we'll talk about it, you know, later. If I have the time, if I, you know, I can, I would probably like let me just knock it out. We'll talk about it later. I'm not going to forget about this. But if it's something that would put me in an undue amount of strain to get it done, then I got to make a scene about it. And I need to let everybody know that somebody else dropped the ball. And that's what's going to make me look like I ain't did my job because, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't even have the time now to get this done. So, you know, say I was working for a nonprofit and this happened. I would, um, you know, say something, you know, we've been working towards this date. I got to, you know, I got to let everybody know. So I would start with them and say, hey, I noticed this is back on me. But, you know, recalling our conversation from insert receipts here, you were going to get that to me, but you didn't. And now it's back to me. Can you help me? Is that like a mistake or can you help me figure it out? I would just go back to them because see, I ain't on that petty stuff today, today. And if I were working at a nonprofit. <laughs> right. Right. Jasmine. I would have to agree, Shaq. And I really don't like to agree with you, but I will today. Because... <laughs> <laughs> because I Damn, would, let me come up with another answer then. <laughs> I would put all of that in there and then I say, and I would say, do you need help with this? Like, because I know it was was your task. What do you mean? She just disagreeing. She like, nah, yeah, I yeah, wouldn't I'm even ask that. You know. Oh, I would have said it. I'm to that point. I'm just like, this is back to me. Did you need help with this? I don't mind, but you're going to know that this is not my responsibility. So my friend who was in this situation responded and was just like, hey, did something change? I thought you were supposed to do this. You know, just want to check in, especially with all the deadlines that we have coming up, you know, and they responded. Well, I did the majority of it. And you only have this much left and you only have these list of things to do by friday am i missing something <sighs> then i gotta get mad then i gotta change my answer because now i didn't started to get mad and you've tried to quantify what my time you know yeah because uh, so this is the thing that i and i could go on a rant about it but don't if you give me a deadline rest assured knowing that it's my deadline so anything i do up until that point is my business as long as i make the deadline so because you got your stuff done early does not give anybody license to say okay let me give you more shit to do actually let me give you some of my own responsibilities because you look like you got some free time i wouldn't accept that oh yeah and my friend's not accepting it um she said that she just not gonna do the task along with some other people so i was just like okay you just won't get done because we had a list of things to do that went on it it belonged to somebody else so all i want to say is you know you have to take responsibility for your own work it is a lot going on and i know it's very easy to like want to like 
it's easy to be in your own bubble, right? You know, sometimes when things are going on and you forget that like everybody else in the world also has things going on. And I'm not even talking about COVID. I just mean in general. So, you know, be mindful of the things that you ask people to do. Um, be mindful of the way that you delegate tasks. And, you know, when you when you supporting people, like they matter too. So that's just that, that that's where my pity cushion came from. My friend and her situation at work. No, somebody better know. Well, I'm praying for your friend. <sighs> Girl you know things happen but are we ready to move forward to our topic for today yes today come on moving on along moving on along all righty so in wake of covid b2b is taking a few virtual vacations as we travel domestically we will share some cool facts about the city engage in some trivia questions to see what you know highlight black excellence teach you about education there and of course leave you with some entertainment tips to try out once travel is safe so today on books to bills airlines we are traveling to what st louis missouri <laughs> we're going to st louis today you know we're gonna give you some information about what's going on in the stl so just a little bit of base information st louis missouri was founded by the french in 1764 that was a long time ago and it was acquired by the United States via the Louisiana Purchase of what year? 1803. 1803. Good job, Jasmine. Good Jasmine job, Jasmine. better know her Louisiana history. Right. I know that. The Louisiana Purchase of 1803. And St. Louis is also an independent city located in Missouri along the western bank of Mississippi. It is home to over 308 thousand people and the host of the second largest Mardi Gras celebration of course with Nola being number one okay so where is the oldest Mardi Gras celebration Alabama Birmingham Alabama Mobile Alabama thank you thank you Mobile oh Mobile Mobile oh it sure is Mobile I'm tripping it is Mobile I went yeah it is Mobile my bad it's okay it's okay and I only know that because I had a friend who lived there same. Remember when I went to go visit that friend in Mobile? Oh, yeah. I just got Birmingham mixed up because I went to Birmingham last. Definitely Mobile. Well, Mobile used to be the capital of Louisiana. So that's where you get all that from. Bam. Thank. See, it's a trivia day, okay? It's a trivia Wait, day. Wait, Mobile. Say that again. What? Mobile used to be part of Louisiana. It used to be the capital of Louisiana. Wow. Did not know that. Didn't know that either. We we might have to make a pit stop to Louisiana, child. Yes. Make a little detour. Come through, boo. Well, that's a connection point that we have. All three of us have lived in Louisiana at some point. We have. I wasn't even thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Y'all say y'all don't want to go back. I didn't say that I didn't want to go back. I said it's highly unlikely that I would go back. But I also say that. Like I would be, you know, it would be very specific things that I were that I would need to be doing in Louisiana. Same, and it would need to be on a. Uh, it would need to expire, and I would need to know the date. Yeah, yeah, the date. But anyway, let's talk about brighter cities such as St. Louis, Missouri. So now it is time for some trivia. Are y'all ready? We ready. I need the rules. How the trivia gonna work? How do we get points for? Is this a competition? No. The, the, what is it like Jeopardy? 
this the answer is a form oh that's when the answers form the question no it's not like jeopardy i'm sorry i was tripping the whole time <laughs> i'm just gonna ask y'all some questions and y'all get to guess what it is and you know yeah everybody's a winner in this game okay all right number one. Oh yucks what famous african-american woman poet is from st louis maya angelo but they better not say she's from St. Louis. Jasmine? I was going to say author. Is Tony from uh St. Louis? Shaky Wynn, Maya Angelou. Absolutely. No. So that's not right. And the reason why I said that, because that ain't right. Maya Angelou is from Stamps, Arkansas, and people need to get it together. Okay. So it's one of these situations. Well, you're going to have to consult with the internet on that. And you have to consult with Maya Angelou. Well, she can't consult with her. You can't. She's already gone home. <laughs> She's already gone home. I was about to say, I mean a home, but I don't want to do nothing with her. <laughs> okay. You know, we don't we wanna, you know, uh stay low on conflict, so I'm gonna move to the next trivia question. What lemon lime soda was invented in St. Louis? Sprite. Sprite? Jasmine? I was gonna say Sprite. You're both wrong. Do y'all want another Seven guess? Up. Seven, Seven up. up. Seven up. But you know, I feel like Seven Up is one of them weird drinks. Seven Up is not everywhere. Do y'all notice that? Like, you don't find Seven Up in like Arkansas, perhaps. Never noticed because I've always had access to it. It's like in random places that Seven Up just does not exist. I always felt like Seven Up was a cheap sprite, and then Sierra Miss came along and really hit the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. <laughs> Sierra Miss can is just nasty. Mess everything up. Seven Up. I'll take Seven Up over uh, Sierra Miss. Remember when we used to get sick, you used to drink Seven Up. Sprite, Seven Up, Ginger Ale. Anything that's clear with carbonation, they think it's just, yeah. Cure all, boo. Cure it all. <laughs> okay. So I got two more. What edible ice cream utensil was invented here? The ice cream cone. Check. I'm going to say the scoop since you said utensil. I also said edible, and Jasmine, you are correct. The ice cream oh, edible, damn. You gotta listen. You gotta listen. And pay attention. <laughs> what kind was it invented there? Was it the waffle cone or was it the? You know what? I don't know. It just said ice cream cone. I didn't. It didn't specify if it was the cake or the waffle. I'm assuming the cake because I feel like cake was first, right? I don't know. Let me not even get the line. Well, if you don't know that, I, I deserve some points. Mm-hmm. Um, our last <laughs> question. Are y'all ready? Okay. Yes. St. Louis was the first U.S. state to host this large sporting event in 1904. The Super Bowl. No, nah, hell no. Nah, the Super Bowl went there. Uh, uh, young. I mean, oh. Jasmine? My first thought was to say the Olympics. Shay? Ja- really? Really, Jasmine? I the just Olympics? shared my first thought. I didn't. <laughs> Jasmine is correct, though. She Thank you. The Olympics. Wait, you said no, the Olympics ain't no sports. First of all, that ain't start in America. Re- I didn't say it started in America. I said St. Louis was the first U.S. state to host, host this large sporting event. Is the Olympics well, not sports? First of all, it ain't, a, it ain't the first U.S. state to do nothing. And so, therefore, nobody gets it right. It would have been Missouri. Was the state? I'm sorry. It was. You it's know, the first U.S. city to hold it. 
It's just that it's one. Is still correct. No, no, no. You don't get to talk right now, Shaq, because you that one classmate that, you know, get it wrong and still come up with an excuse why everybody else should get it wrong. I was in quiz bowl, and when you used to challenge in quiz bowl, that's how you have to get, you know, that's what you have to do. Very real. And I see now, and I said St. Louis was the first U.S. state. I meant to say city. It was an accident. But the answer is the Olympics, which was held in 1904, and they literally said it was a hot-ass mess. <laughs> I mean, I believe it. And then this is the bonus question. I forgot I didn't write it. What African-American man and his wife sued for their freedom... In St. Louis. Y'all know this one. <laughs> I do, but I, I, I cannot recall. Give me a hint. Dred Scott. Oh, Dred Scott. Dred Scott and his wife sued. They did not win because guess what? They said that they were not citizens. Crazy, right? That two human beings weren't citizens. Um, That they weren't citizens, and so therefore they lost. And then they, um, it didn't say anything about his wife, but it said that his Dred Scott's owner after that whole thing, because he was still enslaved, waiting for the appeals and the trials. But 10 years later, his owner freed him, and he died a year after that. So he lived 11 more years and was only free for one. Mm-mm-mm. And that is your St. Louis history. Okay, so when you go, you actually there, you look for these things. Um, Some other things just to look for as I transition into our next piece is just, um, again, a huge place for like Roman Catholic roots. So they have a lot of basilicas, which are churches and a lot of things that you can look in museums, things like that. So, yeah. Any questions before I go in? Well, I thank you so much for this history lesson, friend. I, I really appreciate that. Absolutely. It was fun actually looking it up. So I'm glad I'm glad we went on these trips. So one of the things that we want to highlight each time we take our virtual vacation is some point of black excellence. This can be a person. This can be a business. It can be whatever. However you want to showcase, however we want to showcase black excellence is how we will do it. So for our first black excellence spotlight, I want to highlight Train to Perform STL. Um, Their mission is to shape the future of fitness through innovation, coaching, and services that inform, educate, and create healthier communities. This is a this is a boutique personal training studio that offers intimate setting with class sizes limited to one to four um coach to client ratio that way they still offer a high level of personal service and ensure the safety of their members um their approach is outcome based which allows them to track and monitor their clients to make sure they reach their goals I chose this one. I have a friend that lives in uh, St. Louis. Shout out to BB for helping me out and giving me some places to start. I chose this place because BB has been on an amazing uh, weight loss journey and has used this particular gym to uh, facilitate her weight loss journey. She speaks very highly of this place. And I did see on their IG page that they are hosting like a Facebook live workouts if you want to try it out. But definitely looks like a great place to get some health tips, maybe visit while you're there. Um, if you already are in in St. Louis um, for some reason. They are located at 4360 Lindell Boulevard and their business IG is trained to perform STL and the owner, his name is Hawk. He goes by Hawk and his IG is at Hawk underscore trains STL. Um, so yeah, that is our Black Excellence Spotlight. To my owner, Wayne Hawkins. Wayne Hawkins. Well, I just pulled it up on on the uh, on the interwebs. You know how you got to look stuff up when folks talking, cause I didn't want to do it early. I want. I want. Did you do the same thing, Jasmine? 
yeah, you got to kind of pull them up and see what you're going to see. And so I, I knew it was legit when they had their own website, like legit website, train to perform stl.com. So you, of course, you move on over here to the staff side, and that's where you see the owner, Wayne Hawkins. Wayne Hawkins. So Wayne Hawkins, shout out to BB. Give us some discount on her next set of training sessions because she put y'all on the map. Hold the people in STL out there listening, and y'all go check out that gym, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I call these when y'all visit St. Louis, y'all go by there too. We gonna go too. <laughs> <laughs> don't act like we don't be working out together, y'all. Y'all know we worked out uh, last time we was together. We worked out at Planet Fitness. We did. I forgot about that. We did. Mm-hmm. The last time we was actually supposed to have a, the the last time we actually had a retreat since the Rona canceled this past one. But anyway. Yeah. Anyways. Well, on to you, Shaquille. Tell us about the education in St. Louis. Good thing I was preparing and came up with everything already because I was not ready to be talking right now. But I remember that it's all just a matter of looking on my uh, notes and going from there. Amen. Amen. Books have been organized, okay? We organized. That's a, yeah, that's why you see. That's why you got to stay prepped. It's almost like when I be on my staff meeting, like at work, and I don't be paying attention. But you know, you get called on. But you know, you just have everything ready to go. So when you called on, you ain't got you know. Right. So anyway, um, but yes, so it's my turn to talk about education. So I have some fun facts, too. I hope y'all ain't been on there looking because I had put my notes over there. But if you had to guess, how many colleges would you think are in St. Louis? How many? What was the population for You said it was about 318,000 people. Yes. So that ain't over. that large. But <clears throat> how many colleges would you say would be there? You can guess, Jasmine, because I accidentally was looking at it. Just now, though, not before. There are nine. Nine is a good number. One might think that nine is a comfortable amount of school. So I was looking up some stuff, even though I already knew the school I was going to go with. It is 52 institutions of higher learning in St. Louis. And so not all of those are colleges, universities. There are 15 universities there. And I just thought there was a whole lot of, I mean, granted, I'm all about educational access, but I thought that was a lot, you know, just for one city. Yeah. Well, wait, wait. You mean one state? One city. In one city, there are 52. Institutions of higher learning. Yes. Like in different forms. So not all traditional, not all traditional schools, but. Yes, that is a lot. I, it just sank in. I was like, wait a minute. You talking about for one city. Right. Okay. I was like, because y'all didn't react how I wanted you to react. And I was like, <laughs> damn, that's a lot. I thought yeah. you were talking about the state had 52. I was like, oh, okay. You, you talking about a, sit, a single city. Mm-mm. All in St. Louis. It's 52 institutions of higher learning with 15 of those being actual universities. Wow. That's not a lot of universities for one city. Yes. So anyway, that stuck out to me. Even though when I when I knew I was going to talk about education in St. Louis, I already know which school I was going to talk about because it's a HBCU. Do y'all already know which HBCU it is? I don't. Ooh, y'all don't. I'm so okay. I can educate you as well. So Harris Stokes State University is in St. Louis. You said Harris Stokes. Harris Stowe. Harris Stowe. Mm-hmm. Um. So it started out in uh. Well, I don't know the year because I ain't go there all that kind of stuff. But I did do some quick research today, and just like many states was, the reason why it has two names is it started off as one school, and it was named after Harris, last name Harris, um, because it was designed to be a teacher school, like a school to teach people, and it was specifically a teach uh, a black school. 
Okay. Then they opened up uh, and it was named the, the other school was actually, I don't know which one's name was one. There was a white school and a black school. Both of them was for teachers, like a normal school, you know, back in the day when you would teach teachers, one black students, one white students. And so whenever they passed, um, was it Brown versus board? No separate, but equal. Um, then, uh, that's when they had to enter, they basically integrated. They came to schools and it remained HBCU, but that's how it has two names. So one school named after somebody Harris, the other one named after Harriet Beecher Stowe. Okay. But yes, so that it was a little bit about, um, and it's, it's like, I think it's like 2000 student undergrad students. I can't remember, but some things that stuck out to me, which I wanted to then have a conversation with y'all about. I was looking at their website and it was like, oh, we have a 15 to one student to faculty ratio, right? It's like, okay, that's great. Then I saw another number. It was like 59 major, minor, or certificates like types of programs. And I was like, that's great. And then it got me back on a conversation that I had had with some friends about education in general. And I put it here and I really thought about why is it that like HBCUs in particular, because that's every time I'm talking about a school, I'm probably going to highlight HBCU unless it's my alma mater. But why is the HBCUs are lower in the rankings than our other schools? And often people would, you know, they'd say, well, it's because some of these schools have been here longer, but that's not often the case, right? So we have other schools that have been here were established after HBCUs and and somehow have risen in the ranks. You going to tell us why? Because I don't know. Absolutely. Thank you for asking. And it's because well, it goes back into a conversation I was telling with my friend is that we view higher education in terms of white metrics, and we use like white metrics to define black success. And so let me connect. Let me make a connection because we were re- I was really making this connection. We were talking about like how schools who serve a lot of students like, you know, schools with larger populations and not necessarily highly selective, but that you can, you know, you graduate high school and they're going to accept you. It's those same schools that people are like, oh, no, that's not that good of an institution. And I was like, well, why is that? And then my friend PJ, shout out to PJ She made me realize she was like, well, you know, Shaq, from the beginning, you got to think about these schools weren't meant for us. These schools were not actually meant to serve people. And then I was like, oh, my gosh, education is elitism. And like, y'all, I just. So when we think about how we are like because I my school that I work at now, they're like, it's a top 10 school. Yes, yeah, a top 10 school. But it what does that actually mean? And is that good? So I know I started off talking about HBCUs, but really think about that as we've thought about colleges and even, you know, the way we define them has all been centered around this. These white metrics. Well, isn't it a reflection of the job market or, you know, as far as. That's how it is for us as nurses. Like it's going to reflect what's happening in the world. What metrics are important to them is metrics that are important in the world, in this white, white world. So how do you balance that as a student? Like, what do I do? I don't want to, we all, we talk about all the time about like, I don't want to sell out, right? (laughs) Sell out my blackness. But if I'm going up the, up against these white metrics, that should be important to me, right? Yeah. And I guess I'm not necessarily thinking about it from the perspective of what our students should be thinking about and doing, because I'm an advocate for everybody getting an education. I'm just more so thinking about we as just people need to be more cognizant of how we are 
making these. I think about the schools that I've worked at. Okay, you you have uh, LSU and Augusta University and a University of Florida. Well, the school that's going to get the most clout, those are also the schools that aren't serving as many underrepresented communities. Because I remember my students at Augusta University and how special they were. You know what I mean? And how more of them were first generation. They were making larger impacts in some regards, you know, but that's not the school that we were going to give a lot of credit to. So I think from that regard, that's what I'm challenging, how we all just think about the system. Now, I want all the students to be at these schools because they need to get in this system. They need to receive this education. But just we got to be careful about how we assign value. And I think um, I think a piece of that kind of even speaks to like standardized testing and how all of that was too created based off white people, a very small section of people who were even entering college. And those tests, I know that they have been altered and changed in some ways, but in a lot of ways are still asking for credentials, asking for scores, asking for information that like in a lot of ways will exclude certain populations. So I think a and when you think about education in general, I've thought that too, that like in a lot of ways it is elitist because only the top people used to be able to do this and now it's more widely accepted and then we still have all of this disparity between schools and it brings back to COVID. I think a lot of that shit is about to be challenged. Again, I go to Harvard on the same computer as the person next door goes to Dallas Community College, El Centro on the computer too. So what's you finna tell me? You know what I mean? Unless you're sending me some very specialized technology that sets you apart from what other schools can offer me. And maybe that's exactly what it looks like. But I think it does challenge this whole like, oh, I went to this kind of school. We all school to school now. Yeah. I think you said something. Oof. Y'all, we on some, we on some shit. Because, Erica, you just said something a minute ago that made me think about the power of our frame of reference. Because you mentioned you was like standardized tests. Yes. And I... So... We know that the populations used to create standardized tests are not a good representation, but there are certain people who are going to do well. Right. And so I think about the classic case I was learning one day and we were talking about how a student who lives in the country in Arkansas, a a white male student who lives in the country in Arkansas versus a black inner city kid in St. Louis might not catch this. Okay, if a question asks you about coyotes, C-O-Y-O-T-E-S. You like, what the fuck is that if you in St. Louis or you live in the city? We've talked about this before on the podcast of like how that example, you're like, I don't know what it is. And so you got to spend some time thinking about what could this noun even be? So therefore you to figure out what the rest of the sentence is. Maybe that's what you were doing in that particular case, you know, maybe fill in the blank. But somebody who, you know, they know what a coyote is. They probably may not know everything, but they're like, oh, just like a dog or blah, blah, blah. And they keep going because and they don't have to focus on that. Right. And so that was to me one of the things that sticks out about standardized tests and the power of frame of reference. I made that. So I'm going to tell y'all this and y'all probably going to be like, what the fuck? So I was sitting there today. I was today years old on my run today because I was listening. So I had listened to 112 versus Jagged Edge on Instagram, the verses, and I made me a Spotify playlist because of it. So I'm listening to that as I run. And I've always heard the song Walked Out of Heaven. And so and I just put up the lyrics so I can make it right. One of the guys, Brandon in Jagged Edge says, see, my mama told me that if it's meant to be that she'll come back and she'll forgive me that part. OK. All my life, that lyric that has never made sense to me because I always a kid. Y'all know I always was like, why does he need his mama to come back and give him forgiveness? <laughs> like 
because I thought about it from my own frame of reference. That frame I of was reference. thinking he was meaning like his mama would come back from heaven to to forgive him for to forgive her son for any mistakes because that's my experience. I was today years old when I realized he was saying his mama told him that if it's meant to be that the girl would come back in his life. <laughs> I didn't get that. And so that to me just shows how your frame of reference like me not having a mama like that's y'all. Today years old. <laughs> today years yes. old. And I did not know that I was going to talk about that today on the podcast, but yes. Okay, so so let me tell y'all what in my midwifery world is going on. We've seen a drop in the pass rate for our national exam. And many of the people that are not passing are African-American. So it comes up like, what is a culture? If you say a test is culturally biased, what does that mean? And it's simply saying like, okay, a question may say the baby, you're at home with your baby and it's it just won't stop crying. What do you do? The white person most times would answer, I would go and take a walk. Put the baby in the crib, go take a walk. A black woman almost would never say that. Like, okay, if I, I can't leave the baby here by itself because if somebody knows that I left the baby here by myself, that might be a CPS case, even though I just went to go, you know, take a walk around the block. And my white classmate was like, well, it doesn't matter because if something happens, you just explain to them like, oh, I was having a hard time. I put the baby in a safe place and I went for a walk. Explain. (laughs) Exactly. Explain. We might be. I mean, CPS already got the baby. First of all, difference in color going to put us in two different places explaining. Somebody going to be explaining from the jail. Somebody going to be explaining from the house. Say it again, Shaq. So. uh, And so this is mm -hmm. how. This is a very simplistic way to to show how one question can be so much. It's, there's so many layers to it and how we can both, based on our life experiences, answer these questions differently. And so if I have how fair is it for me to, as an African-American woman to have to go into a test and say, man, what I know what I would do. But what would a white woman do? Because that's who's standard this test is sitting in. Yeah. Standardized test needs to be set up like Family Feud. We surveyed a million white men. <laughs> now, take the test. White man, take the test. I don't know. And I also think about while we are critical of standardized testing, I am an advocate for global uh, accountability. So what do I mean by that? Like, I I do think that we need some type of way to make sure that in different places, people are still learning at a equitable level. Because like, so I get that we have the standardized testing. I just wish that there was a better way. And I don't really know what it is. You know what I'm saying? Because it's almost like you can't trust that everybody's learning the same things in these, you know, in these schools without actually comparing them to anything. So. But it, okay, so. I see standardized testing hurting the children more than helping, right? And so there has to be a better way of not punishing the kid. Because in Texas, like, you know, you're you going to be held back. There's some loopholes there, but you're going to be held back. And so for a standard for a child not to pass a standardized test, it's, they put so much weight on the child. But what about 
the system, the the you know what I'm saying? It's so much more in who get who suffers. That's all I'm trying to say. What if it's just that in general? Because I think I'm about to open a can of worms. What if it's just that in general, age is not the biggest indicator of any type of maturity, meaning like, you know what I mean? Because I think what we've what standardized tests do is compare people based on age across whatever you're researching. So. What if you still had some type of test or metric? Should I? We could talk about this all day. We'd be forever talking about this. But what if there was some type of metric that just wasn't tied to age? So like, yeah, it wouldn't be a matter of like holding somebody back. But it's like you do need to show mastery of X, Y, Z before you move to the next level. And I think, Jasmine, you make a good point. I think standardized tests do put a lot of pressure on the students to say this is the level at which I can perform. Inadvertently saying that this is the level which I perform, but I don't because if you perform a particular way on those, there are certain schools that you just won't be able to get into. I'm gonna say you can't get into any, but then we get back into this issue of like you're going to a lower school because you didn't perform that well on this test. But I don't think that puts a lot of pressure again on the system or education to say, okay, you didn't perform well on this test. How do we meet you in the middle and get you to where we need you to be? And I remember talking about this a lot when I was a missions counselor. It's like, y'all have us out here rallying to get all of these students of color to come to this school, but you don't have the resources to help these students when they get here. Not to mention, it is not a secret that Louisiana has one of the worst public school systems that, and they do not have the resources they need. So you want me to go out into this system and grab all these students who we know historically have underperformed. You want to put them at LSU, give them some money, give them a little stipend, but you have no way to get them up to the level at which you know a college student should be should be performing you just put them in these classes or you put them in remedial education so they're already starting behind or you put them in the classes they don't do well they flunk they took out debt so they stopped going to school now they're in poverty like so i feel like standardized tests is a way for quote unquote the system to say oh we did our due diligence when in when in theory you just made it worse you just made it worse. You put a divider between all these people when in a lot of ways, the deficits that are shown, quote unquote, through those tests are sometimes not the student's fault. Like, it's just not, it, none, it's just not that easy. It's not that simple. Um, but yeah, like I said, we can talk about this all day. I have just, y'all, I got the, we got to write about this. We picking back up with this because I got some more stuff that I want to talk about as it relates to education and just this education and equity. Okay. I would love it, Shaq. I think you guys have a very mm-hmm. interesting perspective, you know, that's different from mine. So I'm I'm here for it and I'm ready to learn. Well, we're going on two more vacations. So we we got two more vacations to talk about education. So remember your points. Points. We're going to talk about we got y'all when it's my turn. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I work. We got y'all. Okay. Well, I wanted to bring the um, entertainment for for this trip and you know i'm trying out my vegetarian vegan lifestyle so let us go over to sweet art bake shopping cafe it um on their website okay, sweet art yes it's vegan it says your perception of vegan sweets will forever change once you bite into one of the extraordinary 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 <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Vegan cupcakes from this cafe in Shaw. While you're there, treat yourself to a hearty vegetarian or vegan lunch like the vegan uh, breakfast burrito. As they say, come taste the love and magic. And I think it's I looked at their website. It's so cute. 
It's like, you know, what sets us apart is the fact that we put love in everything that we do. So when we go to STL, we got to make sure we go to Sweetheart Bake Shop, okay? Get us a little treat. I'm trying to find them on Facebook and stuff. Let me try to go back to Instagram. They ain't passing my tests. And when I was doing research for this, um, I got that from Eric, that place from Erica. But STL has a lot of sites that are just for black businesses. Like We Buy Black or uh, Black Business, STL, things like that. So you have databases to look through to make sure you support black businesses. Y'all got to be kidding me. Have y'all seen them uh, chocolate chips on Sweetheart Instagram? Hey. Mm-hmm. Look at there. Oh, wow. This looked like the, uh, they almost kind of look like the ones from Doubletree. But y'all, they got some good cinnamon rolls, too. That food look good, right? And so all of the, the desserts, Jasmine, are they vegan? Yes, they are. Everything. I'm ready to go to our staff retreat in STL. I'm ready. We was going to North Carolina, but we got to go to St. Louis now. That was fun. It was. I was about to say now. I said, y'all scrolling through Instagram. The, the colleagues can't see y'all. Y'all done got real and go. <laughs> right. I'm sorry, colleagues. We got a little quiet. I got mesmerized. I'm sitting over here trying to wonder how in the hell that stuff is vegan. Like that cake. Like, oof. Mm. <laughs> it's, probably, it's a lot of stuff. I'm ready to go. And when we go, y'all know we got somebody there. We can stay with BB. Shout out to one of our faithful colleagues, BB. I like how y'all just volunteered her house. We're gonna stay with BB. Look. Trust me, she she would be mad if we didn't stay at her house. <laughs> well, thank y'all for flying B2B Airlines. I hope you enjoyed St. Louis. Next week we will be going to Surprise, surprise. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> Make them wait. You'll get your boarding pass in the mail. Ain't me. In the mail. Well, Jasmine, do you have any department updates that you want to talk about? I do. I wanted to. Oh, I wanted to tell y'all that I joined a uh, book of the month. Have y'all seen that advertised on your Instagram? So you pay a flat fee and they send out a hard um, back. Do you keep it? Yes. The first month was, yes, you keep it. The first month was $10. And then after that, I think it's like 14 But for a, a hard, come on now. You can't beat that. So this, I love that book like. Oh, that's Nikki's. I stole it, girl. <laughs> well, uh, uh, what I call it, y'all, that time. Oh, dang. Was it E? It wasn't. East Nasty. East Side, East, East Nasty. East Side Nikki. That's what it is. <laughs> East Side Nikki. Nikki. I just want you to know. That Jasmine got your book light, so you need to go right up in there and get it. Okay. Anyway, you get to pick from from you get to pick one book from out of five of their selection. The one that I got is called A Good Marriage, and it's a little mystery thriller. It's just getting good. <laughs> Nikki got one about um, what if Jesus married a feminist? Ooh. Ooh. I'm ready for that next. So. Do y'all swap books? We sure do. We smart over here. It's mm. cute. I can't wait to see this library because, I mean, a couple more months of this and y'all, I mean, I know you already have a collection, but yeah. Wow. A couple more months and you're going to have a whole room. Okay. And I got a, a little library checkout. My my bestie. 
that's my bestie over there. She got me a little stamp so I can stamp my books with a little checkout card. You remember back in the day, the little card, and you write your name on it? Wait a minute. Do you really have it for them books, Jasmine? Yes. Erica got it for me. It's like it's a vintage <laughs> library. I think it was called like a vintage library system or something. Yes, it was very cute. I used to love that. And you used to stamp them. See, I used to work in the library, too, that when I was in middle school. It, I didn't work. I just volunteered in there. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. Old library. Mm-hmm. Erica, do you oh, remember uh, seeing my parents' library? It was over there with the computer and stuff? Yep. It is covered with books. And you best believe Mama Farish got them all stamped, honey. Property of. Bring them back. Really? Yes, she does. <laughs> She That's said, where I, I get that from. She's, I want my Anyway. So do you store them by the Dewey Decimal System? No. Oh, Dewey Decimal? Oh, Dewey Decimal. I, I want all my AR points, okay? I do not I, even remember the Dewey Decimal. I used to be Decimal. so bad at that. We talked about that one day, but I wasn't the best student with it. Yes. <laughs> I, I love my class. Couldn't, couldn't, I dare somebody try to be above me on Accelerator <laughs> Reader. Okay. If they got my point, she was mad for it. Wasn't nobody going to have more points than me because wasn't nobody going to the back of the class to the computer like me. Hmm. <laughs> I had that game sold up. Do you hear me? Okay. I would love to see Erica <laughs> in elementary. Mrs. Richardson class, fourth grade. Oh. In the portable. Hmm. See, by the time we got to fourth grade, we had stopped doing points as much. We, points were really big for us first, second, and third grade. I don't even you remember still doing did them the rest of the years, then. but it wasn't as important because the parties wasn't as big. Oh, we was throwing down at them back, pizza parties, honey. But I say now looking back, that one them but some raggedy pizza parties. It was one we had one in sixth grade, and they and I couldn't go because I ain't have my I didn't reach my goal. And Y'all. they don't they do not play about that. If you did not win, you're not going. But the problem was, is I didn't fit with the rest of the students who didn't meet that goal. Like I really didn't. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I was way too smart to be in there with them bad kids who didn't meet their goals. So you were just lazy. Nope. Mm-hmm. No, where I was focused on learning my instrument in sixth grade. I really did. I and you can ask my granny when I get from when I used to get from school because that was the summer after drumline. When I used to get from school, y'all, my granny was work down. Well, we had a family store down the street from it, so she would always be at the store, and so I would be outside in the front yard playing my drum, and I would do that for hours, hours, waking there, like making just making all kind of racket. I didn't read. That was nothing. Some that was not something that I wanted to do. Mm. Now, does, y'all, did y'all have deer? Drop everything and read? Mm-mm. Now, Jasmine, I know you did. You, oh, yes. Well, now you in GISD. Well, no, 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 honey. We had deer. And I, I got oh, my right. favorite beanbag because you get to pick where you want to sit during deer. Mm-hmm. I sat on a little beanbag. Oh, I think we did do that, like, at some point earlier. No, yeah, no, no, never mind. Just drop everything and read, and it's usually, like, 30 minutes a day. And they get on the intercom and be like, it's deer time, and everybody read for 30 minutes. No. Loved it. That right there. Honestly, I really do. Shout out to Texas. They, they really push reading so big in Texas. And I, honestly, I, I credit them for just the reading level I was on. Even just going through elementary, high school, all the reading I had to do in middle school and high school for AP classes and you know, what, you know whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, we used to read a lot. And, Yeah. The trips to the library, all of that. I don't really talk about this often, but even in high school, I was the kid who used to sneak and not read. 
Like I used to be in the like pre AP at one point, then it moved to AP and all of that. I used to be in all of them classes, college prep, all this stuff, and I still did not read. Like I, I used to I make my way through it and like not read you. it. I hate, I'm like, man, they don't <laughs> never read. They don't never be prepared. Be still in the class, making good grades. I'm like, dog. Yeah. I didn't read in high school like that. In the summertime, yeah, but to this day, I ain't read the Odyssey. I don't know what the oh, hell yeah, it's about. Either. To this day, to this day, I ain't read the Grace Gatsby. I probably read about a third of it. And I and okay, Gatsby what I is one of them books that I stumbled stumbled Ooh. through with everybody else. See, I just kind of follow what everybody else is saying and doing. I read a few pages here and there. And Sparknotes was big back then, and it held me. Ooh, no. Okay, no, Mm-mm. I can't stand for it. <laughs> Shout out to Sparknotes. See that friend? I knew that's why you was my friend. <laughs> I can't, I can't with y'all. But anyway, meanwhile, Jasmine, mad. Ooh, mad. Y'all not gonna stress me today. Let me go on to this ass nurse Jay because. Two people this week have asked me about when is the good time. When is a good time to start mentoring? Like, do Did you have f- to feel established? I'm like, no, you need to. I would say mentor along the way. Right now, um, when I well, when I think about it, when I was an undergrad, I had a, a mentee that was in high school, and was, that was somebody from our church, and that you just kept up with, kind of checked in. You know, you was the cool person for them. And when they had questions and stuff about college, I could answer for them. And it just so happened that my mentee um, also went to school for nursing. So we kind of helped each other along that track. But at any time, it's it's good for you to reach back and help somebody else. And maybe that looks different at different stages, but I think it's good to just start where you are. I agree. I agree, too. I think another thing, Jasmine, that makes people like doubt mentorship or not necessarily doubt the power of mentorship but doubt their ability to be a mentor is because they forget that mentorship is like there are like small pockets of mentorship that are just as valid as long-standing relationships that you might have and so like i think about people who mentored me throughout my first year of college they were still really really good mentors for me now in terms of life we navigate the rest of it together so i probably wouldn't call them a mentor anymore but mentorship can be very very small it could just be really really helpful or it can be really really long or you know large or whatever you want to say it but Anybody can mentor. Yeah. And I also think it can be very informal. I think oftentimes people think it has to be something really set out and you got to have a contract signed and it got to be this or it got to be, you know, somebody super duper, somebody who is perceived to be super important, mentoring somebody who is quote unquote not like, I think it's always a great time to mentor somebody and or be mentored. Definitely. That was all. That was, um... The little ass nurse Jerry section. Alright. Shaq. Well, I'm gonna go real, real quick on today's um millennial music mashup. Using the context that we've been given, you know, y'all should get this one fairly easy. But this song is an anthem, if you will. <laughs> Similar to like if you were going to be in Atlanta, Erica, and one might say, Welcome to Atlanta is an anthem. So this one is very similar. Um this song is is the the author is, is telling you a story and what he, and what they tell you is that they are going to come down your street and, and they, they're very particular about their vehicle and they talk about their gun and they let you know that their guns will be loaded. Cruising and down so, the street in my six foe. No, uh, 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 uh. 
<laughs> and so then they go on to tell a story that that was just kind of say like i just want to let you know that i will come down your street in my nice car my gun will be loaded i'm just letting you know just in case let me tell you where you can find me so you can find me you got it did they help did they help yes you supposed they to be talk singing about it. their city they tell you huh Jasmine, you're supposed to be singing a song. What you? We could both sing it. What you mean? I don't know it. That's why I'm hoping you sing I it. I hear the story. Okay, okay. So you can find them, and they and they they start going around their city. So you can basically find me in my city, and they kind of talk about their car. They tell you what they'll be doing in the bars. They they tell you their behavior, what they'll be drinking. Um, <sighs> I don't know. I think you're supposed to guess, Jasmine. This is Nelly, girl. Nelly. Yes. Nelly was. I'm still not getting it. You can country find grammar. me in St. Louis rolling on dubs. Smoking, smoking on dubs. <laughs> sipping bugs, I wanted you to get it. And getting dub. Huh? I was waiting on Erica to get it. Like, come on. I'm like, I thought we supposed to be getting I'm going somebody. down, down, baby. Your street in a Range Rover. Street sweeper, baby. Cock ready to let it go. Shimmy, shimmy, cocoa wood. Cocoa to a pound. Light it up and take a wood. Pass it to me now. Good one. Go ahead and close this out, Erica. Again, thank you so much for traveling with Books to Bills Airlines on today. Please write your experience on this trip by going to Facebook or Instagram, which can be found at Books to Bills Podcast. If you'd like to tweet us, you can do that at Books to Bills. And if you'd like to send us an email for a formal complaint during your travel today, please email us at from Books to Bills Podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. We will not respond to those emails. Have a safe flight and welcome home. Buckle up. <laughs> Bye, y'all.